0: Welcome to the Waymaker Fireside Chat Podcast, where our purpose is to grow your life and change the world. In this episode, we're sitting down with founder, author, and visionary, Tara Jenkins. Lewis Carr is a founder of Waymaker, the Lewis Carr Internship Foundation, the Blueprint Men's Summit, president of media sales at BET Networks and author of Dirty Little Secrets. Today, we'll sit down with Dr. Tara Jenkins, wife of Pastor Charles Jenkins of Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church of Chicago to discuss her experience and journey in ministry, what led her to found ministry mates, as well as the inspiration behind the book she's written, including her most recent title, Enoughness.
1: Hi, I'm Lewis Carr, the founder of Waymaker, and today, during the Waymaker Fireside Chat, we have the privilege of having Dr. Tara Jenkins as our guest. Welcome, Dr. Tara. <laughs>
2: Thank you, Mr. Carr. I'm so honored to be a part of this movement. It's more than a podcast, a magazine. It's a movement. The Waymaker movement
1: is moving. (laughs) We call it the Waymaker community. So welcome to the Waymaker (laughs) community. Uh, I'm so excited to have you here today because I've said publicly many times that the name Waymaker really came from you. Wow. Uh, Several months ago, uh, back uh, towards the end of uh, 2020, I heard you giving a sermon uh, that was entitled Jeopardy. And one of the questions was, who is a way maker? And the obvious answer was Jesus. But when I heard the w- word way maker, and I heard your complete sermon, it sort of framed it up of what I was trying to do and accomplish. So number one, I wanna thank you for that. I wanna thank you for that vision, that inspiration and that energy. But the question is, tell us about that sermon and how did you come up with that very creative way of getting the message across through the game Jeopardy?
2: Wow, I'm so honored to have been a part of the naming of this community. Uh, thank you for that. I really call these moments that we have God winks. You can be anywhere in our lives and God can just give us a nudge, uh, an aha moment. And literally just watching the game show Jeopardy on television, I just had this moment, which I call the God wink, where I felt like you know, sometimes the question is the answer. Sometimes everything that we're seeing in our lives, we're wondering uh, what is going on in our lives. And sometimes we ask questions and the question that we ask is the answer. And as you know, in Jeopardy, the question is always the answer.
1: The answer. That's, (laughs) That's so exciting. So for me, what I got out of it was that, with a Waymaker, there's always, as you just articulated, an answer. Talk to us why way makers are so important to you and to our spiritual well-being.
2: Absolutely. You know, the reason that I feel like each of us was created was not just for our own pleasure, but for purpose beyond our lifetime and purpose beyond our lifespan. And if we're going to have purpose that lives beyond our years and we're going to have legacy beyond our lifespan, the only way for that to happen is to make a way for somebody else to continue what is going on and going forward in your life. And so I think it's so important that whatever we do during our small time on earth, it doesn't end with us, but we pass the baton, we send the elevator back down, we keep the community and the movement going forward by not only helping others, but deputizing, about uh, dispatching, giving other people power and not just hoarding our, our power and our purpose. And sometimes we can see people in our community be territorial. Uh, it's no time for that.
1: So tell us a little bit about yourself, Dr. Tara. Uh, you know, So to our listening audience, she is my friend. Her husband is my friend, Charles Jenkins. Her kids are my friends. So tell us a little bit about Tara's journey, where you're from, where you went to school, and how you became Dr. Tara.
2: You know, my journey has been one that's similar to a roller coaster. I grew up in small town, Tennessee, 100,000 people population in Jackson in West Tennessee, about an hour outside of Memphis. And I grew up in the middle of a family that was so supportive. But my immediate family was not the picture perfect family that you would describe. My mom filed for divorce seven months pregnant with me and was like, it's not going to be two of us waiting for you to come home. (laughs) And so I grew up with a very strong, independent black mama that was determined to do her best to give me the best and to educate me. And so uh, as I journeyed through Uh, Jackson, Tennessee's school system, I got to my senior year, I failed an honors English final that prevented me from participating in my high school graduation. And so never having a high school graduation was something that was startling. It was something that was unexpected, but it was that First moment where I remembered having to have determination beyond people cheering for me because sometimes you will have to learn how to win with no fans in the stands and so that was the beginning of me having to push for because before then I felt like everybody was on my side But at that moment, I began to hear the naysayers. I began to hear critics. Oh, she was never that smart. She was just popular. And so beginning to push past that moment uh, was uh, something that God could have only allowed in order to show that failure is not final and you can fail forward. So from there, I went to Clark Atlanta University and got a Bachelor's of Arts in Mass Media Arts. Uh, I went to summer school after high school and just went straight to school, never seeing my high school diploma. It came very unceremoniously in the mail while I was on my dorm at Clark Atlanta. From there, um, you know, during that undergraduate journey, I met this Charles Jenkins that is your friend, my friend, your friend. <laughs> And that kind of rerouted what I thought my career path would be in media. And it kind of took a turn into full-time ministry and being in the nonprofit sector for the last 22 years. And so I went to grad school in Chicago at Moody Bible Institute with a masters of arts and biblical studies. And from there, I journeyed to get a doctorate of education and leadership from Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, but each step I believe, was just a passport into another audience that I was supposed to be in front of. And it was also a part of the bigger story that even though my educational journey began with failure, that's not how it ended.
1: So even I learned something on the Waymaker podcast because I didn't know that story that really? you didn't have a high school graduation. Well, you have graduated many times since then. <laughs> And
2: it made it even more special that my oldest just graduated from high school because I was in that ceremony as the parent thinking about all of those things. It was very, very
1: uh, a moment. Well, congratulations (laughs) to that. So as we sort of turn the corner, I would say, not coming out yet, but we're turning the corner on COVID-19 and we're still in the midst of racial inequality How important do you believe education is to young people at this moment of time, whether it is high school or whether it is college? In your opinion, uh, and someone who's went on to get an, an advanced degree in 2021, how important is education to our young people?
2: I believe that education is the key. As I said before, I believe it is the passport that we need. There are some rooms, there are some settings that we will not be allowed in without this specific credential. And regardless of what you feel like you need to know or not know, it's not about exactly everything you learn during the process of matriculating through a degree program but it's about the message that I can finish something that I start. And so when people see that you have a specific credential, they see you as a finisher. They see, it doesn't matter how long it takes. My doctoral program was a three-year program that was designed to be three years, but it took me five years because I had two daughters during the program. And so Whatever it is that you need to do, you need to get to it and always be biting that big elephant one bite at a time. And so because there are so many people that will be dismissive of us because we look a different way or or there will be people that don't feel like you have the capacity, I, I feel like we're always in a mode where we are proving that we deserve the seat that we're in or the table that we're building. And so I think it's very important, not only for knowledge, but also to have the passport to be in the rooms that you need to be in. And so we got to do it. And why would you be alive during a time where it is perfectly legal and accessible for you to do all of these things online? You could have been born at a time where you had to sneak to learn to read. No, it's legal right now. You got access to it. And so we have to take advantage of all of the access that we have.
1: I like that. It's the passport. Uh you know when I give commencement addresses uh I usually talk about their diploma is the key to the stadium of life.
2: Yeah, I love
1: that. You got to get into the stadium of life in order to really find your position and that position could be a coach, it could be an owner, it could be a general manager, it could be the star of the team, it could be a cheerleader. You make the decision, but you don't get into the stadium of life without those degrees. So thank you for that. I I love love the passport analogy. (laughs) Uh, So uh, tell us about the importance of waymakers in people's lives and talk about some of the waymakers that you have had in your life.
2: I have been blessed to be surrounded with people who have been waymakers. But I've also noticed some people that are very determined to be gatekeepers instead of door openers. And so Mm. we have to make sure that we aren't so territorial that we don't open the door for those who are supposed to have access to what um, they are to do. And so in my life, I grew up dancing my mom put me in dance at three years old. And I often say my mom put me in every extracurricular activity possible to keep me out of trouble. So I'd be too busy and too tired to do anything else. And so as a part of that, I learned so much in that setting, but the dance teacher that had been in my life from age three to 17, uh, Miss Pat Brown School of Dance in Jackson, Tennessee was one of the first people that saw me beyond where I was outside of my family being such a support system. And she said, I see you teaching. I see you teaching the younger kids. And she put me in a classroom, not at the bar, but in front of the classroom teaching. Uh, She also became one of my first employers. She uh, not only had the dance school, but she had a boutique connected that that sold dance wear and, and balloon bouquets and delivered singing telegrams. And so I became that person as well. And so seeing you beyond where you are, there's a story in the Bible of, of Esther. And when there was an opening for the position of queen, it was her cousin that saw her beyond where she was and took her to the opportunity. And so I think way makers in our lives are those people that see us beyond our present tense position. They see us beyond where we are in the moment and they see us doing more than we are doing. And so even as I talked about the educational journey, there are family members in my life that had already gotten their doctorates that were encouraging for me to keep going and so Um, My aunt, Carol Rawls Johnson, uh, she is an amazing educator, but she's also the superintendent of the Minneapolis school system when I was in high school. And then she uh, retired as the superintendent of the Boston City School System. And so seeing her and hearing her words of encouragement, uh, that that just became a way maker uh, moment for me because. I saw what was possible, not only as someone who's also a female, someone who's also a person of color, but someone in my own family. And so that was a person who was a way maker. So um, Ms. Pat as an employer, as my dance teacher that put me in front of the classroom, my aunt who encouraged me to keep going in school. And of course I have the most supportive family my husband, my mom, my kids, everybody that's around me, they think I can do anything. And so they have always been like, if I have a crazy idea, they're like, yeah, do it. I'm like, I want to preach with a DJ. Yeah, do it. I want to do a conference for wives of clergy. Yeah, do it. So, you know, I have these these cheers uh, of saying that I can do anything. And that, too, is a, a, a way making sense. Uh, big part of my life because I need a lot of people that don't have people around them that encourage them to do the ideas or the God ideas that they get. And so that too is a very important
1: part of the Waymaker culture in my life. So you uh, mentioned gatekeepers. Do you think gatekeepers exist because they have not recognized the Waymakers in their own life You know, I always listen to people when they get awards and and they uh, give speeches, and and I'm looking for the names, the recognition of people who sort of help them get there. So you talk about these gatekeepers who sort of keep people out. Why do you think they do that? Is it something they recognize or something that they have not recognized?
2: I think there's a poisonous blend of insecurity and power. And when you see people who have an insecurity and power, that power becomes abused. And so unfortunately, there are people who have a fear of losing their importance, of of losing their status. And when you operate from fear, of losing something, um, you actually have less power because the most powerful people love to empower other people. They love to put people on, as we say. And that's where the power is.
1: Wow, wow. You know, I've heard this term people say, you know, people have to learn how to pull themselves up by the bootstraps. But my question always is well, Who gave them the boots?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know. And a lot of times there are people who are gatekeepers who look at their own life. They look at their own life's journey and they compare that to the next person. And so they say they haven't paid their dues yet. or They shouldn't have access to this by this particular age. But everybody's life map life's map is different. And so you can't look over somebody else's journey and somebody else's timeline and decide that their timeline should be your timeline. We don't even know how long that person has on earth. They may not live to be the age that you are. And so it is unfair and it is irresponsible for us to try to decide uh, what somebody else should have access to by whatever age or stage
1: they are. So how do people make themselves uh, accessible, attractive to people who can be waymakers? It's almost like I always say uh, a mentee can't choose a mentor. A mentor chooses a mentee. What does that mentee or what does that person who needs a way maker need to do to be attractive to those who can make a way?
2: I believe acknowledging that's per- that person's expertise. I feel like honoring a person in the position that they're in and being in the rooms that you're invited to. You know, I've seen so many people squander opportunities just by not showing up. And so when Mm. uh, a a possible mentee or a possible person that can learn has access or invitation to be in a room with those that know more, those that have expertise in an area or industry that you seek to be in, Just showing up, showing honor, and acknowledging a a person's amazing accomplishments is just enough to to say to someone, I see you, and therefore
1: you become seen. So, Dr. Tara, you you gave up your title as the First Lady of the Fellowship (laughs) Baptist Church. What have you been doing since uh, you left us? (laughs)
2: I am so excited to have written a book called Enoughness, The Journey to Discovering Who You Already Are. And so through that book, I've been able to travel even during these times. And I've also been able to go more places, even online uh, than are as humanly possible. And I've seen so many groups of people go through this book that has six stages of enoughness as studies, as the book clubs. And uh, so I've been doing conferences, speaking and writing. And it's an honor to see uh, Fellowship Chicago continued to thrive beyond our time there. And I'm excited to empower other people to know that they are enough to say yes to whatever they're called and created to do.
1: So you said there's six stages. Yes. Give us a couple of them.
2: All right, and so I can tell you that each of us, no matter how beautiful, cute, handsome you felt or accomplished, have had moments where someone has treated us or you felt like you were not enough. That's the first stage, the feelings of not enoughness. And then we get to that point where we say, I've had enough. I've had enough of being treated like I'm not enough and I've had enough of acting like I'm not enough. And then we move to enough is enough. That's that point of no return. I'm not going back to living in that era of not enoughness. I'm going to be everything I'm called and created to be. I'm going to use every talent, every skill, every gift
1: mix and go forward from there.
2: There are three more, but you know, that was the first three.
1: <laughs> all right. And, and, and where can we get this book?
2: It's on Amazon or Tara
1: all right say that one more time
2: amazon you can see enoughness the journey to discovering who you already are or on my website tara jenkins online thank
1: you so oh. much for that so here at waymaker we big in the reading all right <laughs> <laughs> we are leaders. Promote, promote the books promote the books <laughs> so uh, i've asked a lot of our guests this question dr tara um if you could have dinner with four people, wow. Who would those four people be? And because here at Waymaker, we can make real things happen. They could be dead or alive. Oh, All okay. Right? And I was just so, wondering that. So, so you ain't got no got no boundaries. All right. The, the, this is sort of like, like heaven, Dr. Tar. There are no boundaries. <laughs> Everything's possible. Who would those four people be? And why? Wow. Okay,
2: I love to see women who lead and lead well. And so, of course, I will put Oprah in the list. But because we can go back, I love the work of Dorothy Height. I love uh, seeing women who've made uh, such moves and been able to mobilize and convene women for bigger purposes. I would even go back to Catherine Luther, who was a person that I had to study during my dissertation topic, who was the wife of Martin Luther, who kind of dispelled that whole, he wanted to be a priest, but in order to be a priest, he had to be unmarried. And he said, no, nah, I got to be married. So <laughs> Catherine Luther was that person, part of that movement. Ooh, I love Maria Shriver. I've seen so much work she's done in Alzheimer's community and nonprofit, and creating a museum for women in California. And so she's also on my wish list.
1: Okay, Maria Shriver, Oprah, Dr. Heinz.
2: Oh, I did too many. Catherine (laughs)
1: Luther. Catherine Luther. That's four. So you did do four.
2: Okay. So
1: thank you so much for that. Um. The next question is, as you sort of look forward on your journey for yourself and your children, what vision do you have for them as we sit here in the middle of 2021? So now I'm asking you to put on your, your mama hat.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I want to see them lead and I want to see them always have the mindset that they can be owners, they can be employers, they can um, be the brands that they love. I see them loving other people's brands and I'm just looking forward to seeing them create their own because each of them are creative, each of them are, are leaders and so our commitment as a family is to put each child in business before they leave our home. And so, as our oldest just graduated from high school and is headed to attend Clemson University in Clemson, South Carolina, oh, she has launched her own cosmetics business, Glamland. And so, I'm just excited to see each child soar in their own lane and to just know that that entrepreneurial spirit that's in them can thrive.
1: That's great. And now I'm going to switch you to the wife the, the, the wife side of you. As you and, and Charles sort of move forward, what are the things that you're most looking for uh, in 20, at the end of 21 and beyond?
2: Wow, you know the man I'm married to has a new adventure every day, <laughs> and <laughs> we have Three a days. mantra <laughs> <laughs> that God has called us to a life of adventure. And so, as things begin to open up, we look forward to doing more things internationally, uh, through different industries, and then not only in the nonprofit and faith convening worlds, but also in other industries um, in music, as we have a record label. We look forward to seeing more movement internationally and in the fashion space as well.
1: So I'm going to end with this, Dr. Taro. We've talked about the Waymakers that uh, were in your life. Uh, Now I'm going to ask you about you being a Waymaker. Who And what are some of the things you're doing currently to sort of be a way maker for individuals and groups of people as uh, we go through this very, very special time uh, of coming out of COVID-19?
2: I have a specific passion for women, wives, and girls. And so whatever um, area that they've grown up in, whatever family structure they've grown up in, there's a a specific box that we're expected to be in as a woman, as a wife, as a girl. And so the way making that I wanna do is to make sure every woman, wife, or girl that I come in contact with, that I connect with, that I convene, that they do what they're created to do, not what they're expected to do. Because if we live according to others' expectations, we will stay in that box of whatever wife looked like when you were growing up, whatever woman looked like in your context, whatever girl was supposed to be in your world. And so I wanna make sure that people are doing everything that they're created to do, talented to do, gifted to do, and not just what they're expected to do. And that's the way that I plan to be a way
1: maker. So that sounds like expanding boundaries so yes. that there are no limits, no yes. limits. No limits. Well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. Tar, for joining the Waymaker community. Uh, thank you for uh, instilling in me uh, a word and a vision that we are now building out called Waymaker. Uh, we appreciate your support and we look forward to you being a part of this community as far out as we can see. So thank Thank you for joining us today and (laughs) continue (laughs) to always be a Waymaker.
2: Thank you, Mr. Carr. I appreciate you and all that you do for our family.
0: You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation between Lewis Carr and Tara Jenkins. What did you enjoy about this episode? Let us know on our social media at Waymaker Culture. You can connect with Tara at tarajenkins.org. Don't forget to claim your first six months of the Waymaker Journal free at waymakerjournal.com. And be sure to enter the Waymaker giveaway by going to waymakercontest.com. Subscribe to the Waymaker Fireside Chat podcast to get notifications each time we release an episode.